Welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language podcast. We have a full house today in the Primos headquarters. We've got Troy, the infamous Jimmy Primos himself, and <laughs> Jordan Blissett. And uh, here's what we're going to do. And you and I know Jordan knows about this, but Troy and Jimmy, y'all may not know about this yet. We started this new thing. Uh, we did a podcast. We've done two of them now. We called them Embarrassment. And what we did is we told all these stories of like funny stuff that happened within us that didn't, never made it to a show. Either a camera wasn't running or whatever. But what we spun that into is we asked listeners to send in stuff that had happened to them. And we didn't really put boundaries on it. We've had fishing stories, hunting stories, whatever. But what we do is we get them to send them in. Uh, usually do it at the beginning of the episode and we kind of read over it kind of get the reaction out of everybody got some pretty funny ones so i'm gonna read one right now uh that just got sent in last week and i'm just gonna read straight what he sent. It's a pretty good story so this is from christopher speck um he said love your podcast catching up on your youtube channel keep up the awesome work thanks for that chris okay a couple of years ago my father and i were hunting on a 2,000 acre piece of public land in western maryland so northeasterner um for the last couple of years, we've been chasing a big 10-point that we've dubbed the name Swamp Donkey. We got out there about 5 a.m., took a couple-mile walk into our spot, and settled down. Come about noon, we hadn't seen anything, so I get up to use the facilities. Uh, I go find a nice tree, take off my coat and bibs, and set about doing my business. As soon as I assume the position, pants around my ankles, everything breaks loose, a couple of shots go off down the ridge, and I just panic. I jump up run towards a tree that I, that I thought I left my gun at, and I think, oh, I need my coat for Blaze Orange because he doesn't want to get – he's on public land. I understand uh-huh. that. So he runs to go get his orange, turn around, run back, put his orange on, runs back to the tree. Turns out he was, he was at the wrong tree, no gun. So he's spinning around in circles looking for his gun, wide-eyed like a crazy person, finally finds the right tree, sprint over to get his gun, Get to the edge of the ridge, and there goes his buck trotting along, trotting along out of the shooting lane. To this day, he says he still has dreams about that deer, and to this day, his father still cracks jokes on him. Who was shooting at the deer? Um, I, I mean, I imagine it being public land oh, or okay. somebody he didn't uh, yeah. know. I thought well, I was waiting to hear like his dad killed the deer. No, or something like that. <laughs> they just said they they'd been after this one for like five years, and oh, then yeah. na- nature calls upon him. He starts hearing shots go off. And that's, that's some bad timing right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> Funny story riffing off of that. My dad was doing that same thing one time, mm-hmm. and he had a couple of pigs run up on him while he was mm-hmm. in lock. Where was he at? He was in Mississippi. Mm. Yep. Mm. <laughs> I was just while you were talking about that, I was thinking about a story that had nothing to do with going to the bathroom and everything. But when I was still living down in South Louisiana, uh, hunting alligators for a living, um, I had put this nine and a half footer in a boat, shot him, put him in the boat, and uh, was doing some stuff in the back of the boat. And you know, lot alligators are like snakes; they'll move a little bit after you shoot them or whatever. And I and I heard. Just like a like a hide going across the bottom of the floor, and I turned around and looked, and this alligator standing up looking at me, and uh, I commenced to stepping down off the back of the deck to go to the front to get him, and he commenced to walking towards me, hmm. and my gun was behind him, 
Well, I finally got to the gun, and then I'm thinking, I can't shoot him in the boat. Lo and behold, the alligator finally winds up getting out of the boat, and I wound up killing him. But it, was, it wasn't nobody with me, but it was pretty funny because by the time he got out of the boat, everything that was in the boat, he had already knocked out of the boat. <laughs> oh, you so, know, what I like about Chris's story, though, it's, it's, I think we all can relate to it, but it was so easy in my mind to visualize exactly what he was talking about, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's what. Or does that mean you've had this happen before? Not, not, just... it, not exactly. But I'm sure you know we've all had similar where you know we Is get caught. Uh, Wilbur what? says you have a phonographic memory, memory yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's what's made this whole thing kind of fun since we've had folks sending stories in. Is more often sometimes we get like a crazy one, which is still funny, uh, but a lot of times it's very relatable things. Like I think when was it, Jordan? A few weeks ago, that guy sent in a story. He got a morning off of work, wanted to go fishing, and he wrapped his line around a sunken tree stump. And he, right when he went to go get it, a bunch of wasps shot out of the stump, mm-hmm. and he had to bail <laughs> off in the water. You know. You know, we could probably fill up a whole year worth of podcasts with stuff that's happened to you over the years, Lake. That's especially your first year. Yeah, we talked about that on that first podcast where we where Lake launched this idea. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was pretty. Yeah, I could think of one thing. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this. I, I know I mentioned it in that first podcast when I was working over at Mossy Oak with Cuz, and we had that part of our television show called homemade videos where people would send us stuff and one video that reminds me of what this story you just told uh there was a guy in a tree i think it was in south carolina and he was sitting in a tree on the edge of a dirt road uh and this logger comes driving by pulls up goes about five yards past him gets out the truck and you can tell that that cramp must have hit him like right then and there <laughs> this guy bails out of his truck a roll of toilet paper in his hand and runs like 10 yards from this guy I never saw him in a tree and just zips and pants down and goes about doing his business, zips his pants back up and leaving. The guy videoed the whole thing and sent us to it. We used it. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was it was so funny. And I thought to myself, I said, I wonder if this guy that did, not the guy that videoed it, but the other guy, the logger, I wonder if he ever saw that footage and realized, holy smokes. That was me. <laughs> so I right then and there, and that was well before trail cameras, I thought, dang, that's a heck of a surveillance camera right there, that fellow sitting up in that tree. Yeah, that's pretty good. Needless to say, he didn't kill anything. No, yeah, I don't think poor Chris did either that day. And I, of course, in his story, he never says if they got the buck they named Swamp Donkey or not. So, you know, I don't, honey, you know, maybe get him, Swamp, maybe not. Swamp but, Donkey got the last laugh. But either day. way, Christopher Speck, thanks for sending that in. That was a that was a pretty good laugh. And y'all continue to send them in. You can send them in to the Instagram page or to Primos Hunting Podcast at gmail dot com. So on to uh, today's subject of discussion. This is a fun episode, or I think it's going to be a fun episode. So and J- Jimmy's kind of the as as per usual, you're kind of the centerpiece of the discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So when this podcast comes out, you know we always release on Monday, and like we said in past episodes, we've got um, we've got new shows airing on Outdoor Channel every week now. Um, and so when this comes out on Monday. The next day, Tuesday, is when uh, one of our first errands is of that week, and that will be the show about – now, correct me if I'm wrong. That was your first ever attempt at archery hunting an elk? Yeah, a- absolutely my first. You know, I've hunted all these years, but I usually did the rifle, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, muzzleloader hunts. Uh, it's, so this is my first bow hunt for elk. So 
what I want to do because that's such a as as usual you at know seventy three and a half years old at seventy three and a half years old I I want to because when when Troy got Troy and Slade got finished working on that episode you know as we always do we go in there and we, we you know we watch it and it's it's such a cool episode it really is I mean, there for a bunch of different dynamics but um, I want to take to add on to that outdoor channel show. I wanted to have an in-depth discussion with you about it and just talk about your experience from start to finish and you take, making the decision to, I'm going to bow hunt an elk at 73 and a half years old. Well, you know, it was a hunt that uh, will stay in my memory till the day I die. You know, I've been on many hunts over the years, but that was uh, that was something special. So how did all like remind me I, i'm sure you y'all know if jimmy or jordan or troy how did all that get started you know i mean because we I obviously went, i actually went to jimmy because jimmy always says i don't know why y'all don't take me i could do that mm-hmm. and and for years we we've kind of tossed it around but i thought it thought thought it over very deep and got to thinking about several places on that ranch that we hunt in new mexico um, where we could get Jimmy to mm-hmm. an elk or in. Yeah. And knowing that we're not after the biggest bull in the mountain, although he had some encounters with some giant bulls. But anyway, knowing Jimmy um, and knowing that area like we know it, I felt like we could pull it off with now, the team that we have. Now, Troy, let me say this. Get Jimmy to. I can get to any place on on that ranch. Mm-hmm. But I just can't get there as fast as some of y'all. Well, yeah, that's and that's and that's the key. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's the key of getting in there. And and we've you know, we've hunted that ranch for so many years and understanding and learning the elk on that ranch and knowing what they do. Um This podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt. The Onyx Hunt app is something that we do not go to the woods without truly. It's something that we use every single day. You've already heard Jordan mention it um from the Iowa trip. He was talking about checking the topo maps. We've uh talked about before how important topography is we use the topo maps on onyx all the time and that's just one of the features there's property lines if you hear a turkey gobbling you don't know where he's at is he across the property line is he on you you have the ability to drop and save waypoints if you want to mark where you saw a turkey if you want to mark where you found turkey sign if you want to mark a roost tree if you're trying to send a buddy to a spot you can you can drop a waypoint and share a waypoint to them there's there's so many features i mean there really is waypoints topo lines uh offline maps if you're hunting somewhere where you don't have service you can save the map it's called an offline map and you can use it even if you have cell phone service or not there's there's limitless amounts of things from the onyx hunt app so check it out today the onyx hunt app use the promo code primos 20 to save 20 percent your onyx hunt membership but it was different this past year but it was but real dry anyway the idea came Why up you cut me off because that's how I do it. Wilbur's not here, so somebody's got to cut people off. So <laughs> That's just rude. You know, the idea came up, and, you know, y'all called me and said, do you think you could uh, do a bow hunt, you know, at the Ojo? And I said, heck yeah, heck yeah, no problem, no problem. You know, I've bow hunted for years. I, I taught Will how to use a bow, but I'm not. I figured this out. I hunt, I, I hunt with a bow. I bow hunt, yeah, but I'm not a bow hunter. I've been to Africa twice with a bow. I've been to Canada, you know, shot bears with a bow. You and I, you've been on several hunts with a bow. You know that 
we've videoed and mm-hmm. troy's been on hunts with me where you know i he shows me missing a lot of deer or whatever <laughs> with my bow but uh so i've bow hunted for years but man bow hunting elk is something i've never done i always wanted to try it so this is like a dream come true for me yeah well that was like kind of my perception too is in as you put it perfectly you hunt with a bow you're not a bow hunter because it, it's no secret you're very much into guns love guns yeah like one of the the, no not one of the the first like hunting rifle podcast we ever did was me and you because we were having all these questions come around you know come around november when a lot of rifle season starts coming in i was like well there's no better person to talk to about rifle hunting than jimmy i mean that's that's what you do i mean that now you've got the you know you've got the range your store over there it's a gun store i mean that's you that's what you're centered around you're you're a gun guy but you know bow season comes in so early usually around the first of october mm-hmm. gun season doesn't start till uh almost the end of november or middle of november whatever so you know just being in the woods having that opportunity to go in there and hunt uh you know it was just something i've always done mm-hmm. but uh you know just ask me if i had a choice of what weapon to use it'd be a gun anytime <laughs> <laughs> so if we get out there, we make the you know the grand trip to New Mexico as we've done many what times. What kind of preparation did you put forth towards this, Jimbo? Uh, a lot, Troy. Um, I shot my bow every morning and every afternoon for three months. Mm-hmm. As soon as I knew I was going on this trip, uh, and uh, but uh, and I and I you know Matthew's bow thirty forty yards. I was no problem yeah 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 did you have like a a, did you put a cap on yourself as far as yardage goes did you say all right i'm not shooting past this this distance yeah 40 yards Mm -hmm. is what i'm comfortable with i mean worst thing in the world that could happen with a bow is if you make a bad shot and you wound that that big beautiful bull and right don't find can't find him that's so yeah I, i put a 40 yard minimum yeah on there um you know, there were some things I wish I'd done different. Um, number one, the poundage on my bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have always shot 61, 62 pounds, you know, pull weight on my bow and uh, am comfortable with that. But I found out pretty quick that that wouldn't work for me with, with an elk. Uh, I couldn't hold that bow back as long as I needed to. You know, you see a bull coming towards you and you got you know you got to pick a chance to pull that bow back and hold it to wait for the right uh opportunity to to let go and um i I had two or three bulls that i had pulled back on and uh, just couldn't hold it back started shaking whatever yeah uh you know our our team they've made elk hunting look bow hunting elk look so easy hmm. it, it really i was i was a victim of our own videos yeah you know you stand there you got your bow you know and the big bull comes up five you know jordan shot one on this hunt what at five yards jordan about yeah i think it was two yards yeah, yeah. well you know and then you know and then and it, we just made it look so easy there were so many things i i don't know how many elk i've killed over the year with a rifle muzzle or whatever but I, I had a lot to learn about bow hunting elk, a lot. Yeah. And this was this was really 
a, a team hunt for me. Y'all were, y'all carried this old man. Just uh, you know, y'all were so uh, patient and 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 everything with me. And it really, it really uh, uh, made the hunt so much more special for me. And um, we, I, I know there were times. I know one time Troy was videoing behind me. Will was literally hanging on my shoulder, <laughs> whispering in my ear what to do. And uh, had this uh, nice six-by-six six bull coming wide open. And, you know, I'm standing there, and I think he got within uh, probably six yards of me. Yeah. And, and I'd been holding back for so long, I just couldn't hold it any longer. You know, my, my, it was cold or cool, and my, my shoulders, my muscles cramped up. And just I just couldn't control it. And the air dropped right in front of the bull. You know, yeah. at five six yards, it was uh, oh, it was that that was the to me that was my lowest point on that entire hunt of the whole trip. Yeah, and it was it was not that I didn't shoot the bull; it was that I let y'all down. That mm. uh, you know, we 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 hunt so hard, and it's so hard to do what we do on video. People have no idea, but I let I let y'all down, and I I think. That was as low as I felt in uh, a, a very long time. But y'all, y'all, y'all rallied around me. You made me feel so much better after all that happened. I, I think I was ready to quit right then. But. Well, I think you know. In contrast, I think really because we show, you know, we show that we show that encounter that you're talking about. I think that's part of what makes that episode as special as it is, because several times. Um, like you said, it, it can come across on video that it looks easy, but a lot of times it's just because you know we're in you know time constraints and you don't get to see all the mishaps yeah. that happen. Twenty-two minutes of total airtime. Yeah. To take a, I mean, honestly, we could have done a, an hour and a half episode on Jimmy's total trip. Yeah, and easily. I'm so, I'm so happy. Like this whole episode, that whole episode is just about your hunt, but it show it it makes it real because that's what I mean. There's guys that. They're not even. They're not at seventy three and a half years old. They're guys that are just getting started in elk hunting. They've been doing it for a while. That hit these same kind of struggles, and that's what makes it real. And even though I'm, I'm, I know I can speak for everybody on this team, no one felt let down when that was happening to you. But I can. I know because in a similar situation, I know why you could. You could feel that way, and it's, it could make it. It makes it difficult to overcome. You can get in your head real quick, or at least I know I can. You're probably a lot more mentally strong than me. <laughs> We've all been in that situation where we, as when we're hunting, like if I'm hunting, Troy's hunting, Lake's hunting, and we have a screw-up on our end, you feel bad for the whole team because there's so much preparation and time is put into it and effort, and you're like, crap, it all fell apart because of something I did. Oh, That's man, right. the first bow tag that I got – I don't remember how long it took me to kill one. In, in retrospect, it probably wasn't very long, but I was so in my head. I was going, there's guys hunting behind me. I'm holding everyone up. I got to yeah. make this happen. It's all you're thinking about is I got, I got to do this. I got to do this for everyone else. And I can imagine, especially, you know, that, was, that had to have been difficult for you. Oh, yeah, the pressure that you put on yourself, the pressure that the team puts itself on. It, everybody thinks it's fun and games and you know how easy it is to do what we do but uh there's no telling i remember one bull i don't know if he got on the show but um we we called him in and it was pretty thick where we called him trees and everything and the bull stopped his head was behind 
uh, a big tree. I could see the ear. He could see his ears. I could yeah. see his horns. Try not to look at his horns. And I was at full draw waiting for him. All he had to do, and he was like 10 yards. All he had to do was step out behind that tree. Mm-hmm. And he, he was sitting there bugling in our faces. You know, and I said, oh, it's fixing to happen. It's fixing to happen. Yeah. And I moved my toe. I shuffled my toe about one inch. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick my foot up. I didn't, I didn't move my whole foot. I just kind of pivoted my toe one inch. It brushed against something, and immediately I saw that, that bull's ears <laughs> zero in on where I was. Yeah. And he just turned around and walked the away. The amazing thing about that bull is when you watch him after he hears your foot shuffle um, is to watch him just back up in his foot in his steps. He, he doesn't turn until he, he backs up like a horse, just like a car, backing up. And then he turns them, yeah. walks off. Yeah. And, and and that's something I never, never thought about in in, in, in bow hunting elk. You yeah. know that it was that they were that tuned into what was going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure he was looking for that other elk or cow or bull right there that was right. You know, we were calling from, but yeah. uh, 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 uh yeah. it's tough. I said, man, this ain't gonna be easy. Yeah, I'm sure that had to have been from all those years of of hunting with a firearm a gun that there was a lot of things like that that were just things you had to acclimate to yeah as far as like when you can move and and just stuff that you can probably get away with a lot more as comparison to a bow oh yeah oh yeah there's a whole lot of smaller details involved in archery hunting just because they're so close well it's just like the bull you killed jordan i mean that joke was walking straight to you yeah and the the bull that jimmy talked about earlier i felt like was going to do the same thing what you can't see on that on that hunt is where jimmy myself and will are standing jordan's behind us 150 yards calling 100 yards down the hill and we're standing in a blowdown mm-hmm. and the bull the bull is coming right at jimmy well he's either going to go left or right no matter which way he goes right when jimmy which Jimmy couldn't hold it any longer. But right when Jimmy lets down, if you notice, the bull was going to turn to the bull's left, which would have put the bull at about two feet in front of Jimmy, if he could have held out. And all he had to do was just let it go. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there was nothing. In, there would have been nothing. The only way he would have missed if he had pointed it straight in the air. That's the God's honest truth. Yeah. And that bull had one choice to go either way, and either way, Jimmy was going to get a six-foot shot. Yeah. And same thing with Jordan, had the same shot. The bull's walking right to him, and Jordan set up in a spot where he was behind a tree, and the bull had to go left or right. And luckily, the bull decided to go to the right, and Jordan gets a three-yard shot. And that that doesn't happen on accident, those kind of situations. You you pick that spot, and you pick that tree, and, and that spot we picked with Jimmy was for that but the only problem was jimmy had to draw a lot earlier yeah. than he normally would mm-hmm. and um and like jimmy made the comment in the episode when we sat him down about how he draws his bow you know jimmy tends to with that extra poundage and like he said being a little bit older now he kind of holds his bow up in the air and then draws it coming down and as jimmy found out you can't do that no. they pick you out in a heartbeat yeah what i liked about it is you know there was that whole there's that whole element of you know overcoming these struggles and figuring out you know i can get away with this i can't get away with this this is working this is not working is when a lot of this went down a lot of what you you obviously saw you then you saw will it's it's comical actually there's like some of those clips from the small camera 
it will looks like a parrot sitting on your shoulder <laughs> yeah. i mean he's like right on top of you well after about three days we were walking off from one one of the encounters and uh jimmy pulls me aside he says everything's working out great i can do this get wilbur off my shoulder <laughs> i mean he was literally on my shoulder sometimes when i'd pull back he would block my arm coming back with the bow <laughs> It's funny. Was he just it's, so keyed up trying to help you, trying oh, to make it happen? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Just you know how Wilbur is. Yeah, he, he, yeah. He, but it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was so fun. Yeah. But I, I loved one of my. I told Troy, like honestly, my favorite part of that entire episode, probably because it just shows kind of the attitude behind it all. Is after one of those close calls that doesn't work out, you can obviously see a little bit of disappointment in your face, but you're lifted up pretty quickly because Troy's there, you know, talking behind the camera. Will's there talking to you. I think Jordan and Slade walk up and everyone's just, no one's disappointed. Everyone's just, that's awesome. That was a fun encounter. We're going to make this happen. This is great. We're, you know, we're getting closer. Every day we're getting closer. That, that, that attitude from what I could see looking at it from the outside in, it never faded. Everyone never doubted like, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. We'll, we'll make this happen. Yeah. Y'all lifted me up, but y'all did. Yeah. So let's go to let's talk about the actual when you shot the bull. Let's go to that hunt. How how did all that start? That was there's some changes in between that too. Remember, yeah, we Jimmy. Well, you go talk. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah, no, Jimmy talked about it. We, we Jimmy finally realized that there was there were some things he had to do, mm-hmm. and uh, and we had mentioned it earlier. But you know, none of us want to say I have to turn my bow down. Mm-hmm because that's that's not right i mean that's you know like jimmy said on on camera it's you know it's it's the it's the old marine in me you don't tell me i can't do something or i got to do something different Mm. and we're all like that you know i shoot 71 pounds well good but you don't need that yeah you might do it on a whitetail but you ain't gonna do it on the well yeah they make 90 pound limbs these days there's some folks doing that i'm like unnecessary (laughs) but you know that's uh, that's with me that's why i shoot 60 something pounds so i can pull back to straight back yeah 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 and you know once we turned my boat down to 55 pounds yeah it was a whole new ball game you can see it in the footage clear as day yeah i could pull straight back and if you look at hold it the funny thing about the 55 pounds is even though he's shooting 55 pounds, if you watch the footage of him shooting the block target, mm-hmm. those arrows are burying as far, if not as far, maybe a half inch less yeah. in tops into that target. Kinetic energy is still there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I didn't, no I didn't even have to change my sights. No. It's, it's my zero, you know, my sights stayed the same. Yeah. That, I, I can't remember. I was interviewing T-Bone. This has been two years ago, and he was talking about some archery stuff, and I can't remember the, the – but he he told me some something to do with like the the um how fast the bow shoots but it's like something outrageous you have to get above a certain mark before you can tell any difference when you're 20 30 and 40 yard pin yeah. mm-hmm. so that yeah that's i mean to your point i mean and it ended up do, do you think do you think you would have been able to make it happen had y'all not made that adjustment uh no 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 you know, as it turned out, I shot my bull. What was it? Ninety-eight yards. That limit went out the window real quick. Didn't it? One hundred ninety-eight uh, yards. Actually, I think it was uh, thirty-eight yards. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I was ready to let that arrow go. Uh, uh, you know, as it turned out, I I shot the top of his heart out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing yards. is you was able to hold that bow back a lot longer. Cause, yeah, I mean, it was one of those. the first time he stopped, you didn't have a shot. No. You had to wait. No. And uh, it was one of those times there were elk everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we got right in yeah. the middle of a elk parade, and they were just running past and cows screaming, bulls screaming and all that. And, uh, you know, no, I, I, you know, I had to wait for that elk to – Clear some big trees, yeah. And he stopped just for a minute, and 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 I shot, and uh, it just and then boy, I tell you, uh, he he run off, and I, uh, you know it was oh, and then we had to wait because we we saw a lot of blood, but we weren't really sure how how well he was hit. Yeah, and uh, that wait that was that was. Wilbur, Tough. Wilbur, yeah. Wilbur and Slay could see the bull after you hit him better than you and I could. You and I yeah. lost him pretty quick. And yeah. In the viewfinder, to me, it looked like you hit him right at the right at the elbow, and and it was hard to tell even when we would rewind it. Um, but Wilbur assured us when he walked up. He said, "I walked up there and there is blood everywhere." So, how how did you feel about it initially? Oh, uh, at the shot. Yeah. Before before you know before any of that at the shot, how'd you feel? Well. I, I felt I felt good, but you know when you make that shot and you don't see the animal fall, there's always that doubt oh, yeah. in your mind. Yeah, there's always that doubt and there's always that apprehension. I had to lay down on the ground and try to go to sleep. Mm. I, I I just I, I was I, I just was so keyed up, so nervous. Was it a good shot? Am I gonna find that? Are we gonna find that bull? You know, it's just I, I and I and I just. I curled up on the ground, on the ground, and 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 tried to sleep to get it out of my mind. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with yeah. it. Yeah, so could, so so much emotion. Yeah, so much. There's so many days of y'all trying, day yeah. in and day yeah. out, and just so many close encounters like we talked about, and then all of it comes to a head at that one release of that arrow, and then yeah. I, we've all been there. You can wa- you can watch a shot be dang near perfect and the and the animal run off and there's still a little part in your mind going i hope we find him you yeah. know you know what i mean oh, we've yeah. all been there yeah oh yeah yeah we yeah are. and i i've seen i've seen you know there have been times people have made perfect shots with a bow mm-hmm. where the air hit and never find that bull yeah you know yeah. It's, it's, there's that there's that i don't know we talk about it sometimes that little zone in a bull's vital area that if you put an arrow in there you'll never find it yeah. and, and the bull will live yeah. yeah but they're also it's amazing to me they're also one of those animals that you would think as big as they are tough as they are i mean how many of them we get to watch fall over dead on camera yeah because because they don't know you're there and that's all based on setups that we do to mm-hmm. be able to get that bull in there he has no idea what happened i was like yours last year we saw him fall down brad's we saw him fall down there's yeah. a, there's certain spots you know, it seems like if you hit them kind of in a higher part of the lung you're in, unless it's thick you're gonna watch them fall mm-hmm. from what i've seen yeah. yeah and then sometimes you know like um was a few years ago i filmed wilbur shoot one and he i mean we we, we watched him fall but that's because we were in a lot more open stuff you know he was he probably went close to 100 yards but we could see 100 yards you know yeah. the way your bull went you couldn't have you couldn't have kept up with them that far. Yeah. Well, you think of the scenario that you're you're portraying for them to envision. They're coming to, i.e., maybe a lost cow or mm-hmm. cows, and they're coming to another bull that's in their area. Mm-hmm. And when that th- pop, and that hits them, 
you know, their initial reaction is I got blindsided by something. Mm -hmm. And they'll run 25, 30 yards, and we're all calling back to them. And they'll stop and usually look back and go, what was that? And that's usually where they wind up falling dead right there. Yeah. I think that's a huge part of the reason why we – a lot of times see the elk fall after the shoot is the calling after the shot yeah. yeah especially if the elk comes in chilled out and never gets keyed up at anything yeah. you know yeah because he's expecting that he's expecting to 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 go another 100 yards to see the elk that right. he should be seeing and then he gets shortchanged yeah and it's like what was that yeah the ones that i've seen where they maybe kind of get like i'm not sure what's going on here those can sometimes go a little bit farther oh, yeah but but yeah i've seen them suck a shot with a gun and know jimmy has two they they hear that big bang and they run until they can't run no more Mm -hmm. they don't quit running (laughs) yeah they don't feel like stopping yeah but the way jimmy shoots them they just fall right there yeah they're just boom (laughs) okay so you lay down try to go to sleep try to just try to get your mind off of it a little bit chill out how how long did y'all wait before going to look uh it was what a troy an hour hour and a half uh uh, yeah, Wilbur had already walked up there and saw where he lost last saw him. Will walked up there and saw all the blood and then just eased in there real slow. And he got within 30, 40 yards of the bull and saw him laying there. Mm-hmm. Had his head up, wasn't moving, but had his head up. Now, whether his head was just leaning up against a tree or not, mm-hmm. we don't know that. Yeah. And yeah. Will just backed out. So right. he came and told us about it. So we sat there and ate a little lunch and discussed what we were going to do and hour and a half later he shot him like at 11 something and we found him at 2 2 15 i think and there was i mean there was so much blood in, in the trail it was not a problem trailing that bull yeah. up so. yeah when we gutted him i mean that you know it was it was right that, that big rage it, it went in the, the blades went in horizontal okay. instead of vertical yeah and when it did that i mean it just it, it cut the very top bottom of the heart if you if that makes any sense so in other words the heart lays in an, in an animal on an angle like this and it cut it right across the top of the heart at the okay. bottom yeah. and I, I really don't I, if i remember correctly when we started gutting him there wasn't hardly any blood left any no but yeah. uh, that's that's one case where prayer came through for me. <laughs> boy, boy i was saying my prayer please lord please you prayed that error into, I, into it, the heart <laughs> The prayer started the second the release went off. Please, 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 please. please. How did that, I mean, I'm sure this is a, but how, how did that feel? Like, really, like when you walk up and you realize that it's it's done, you know, it's. it's. You know, like, I mean, that was, that was not a big bull. But I, I think I'm, just when I finally realized I had done it, I'd accomplished what we were trying to do it was it was it was just an incredible feeling of uh, number one relief of joy of satisfaction um uh you know my only my only regret that i felt right then was that i had not started bow hunting elk sooner because mm. i mean now i'm uh 74 and a half and uh um uh, yes yeah, just just being there in the camp with all that going on, uh, you know, helping people pack their bulls out uh, down at the skinning shed, the dinners we had, it's all it's all the experience. Mm-hmm. It's not just killing a bull, but it's just being there with with friends and you know, it's almost like family now with the way we 
as much time as we spend together. I probably spend more time with you guys than I do my own family, <laughs> which yeah. in my wife's case is probably she probably appreciates that. She <laughs> does because she always calls me about mid-August. When y'all leaving? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready for him to yeah. go. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it it that that was my only regret that I uh, waited till I was. Uh, uh, 73 or whatever to to do it for the first time. Yeah, it was it was something special. It was a special episode. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, I, quite honestly, I'm not, that was my favorite hunt to watch from the whole last season. No offense, Jordan and Troy. I just I just oh. like that one better. Mine too. Yeah. Well, we we had an incredible elk season from from everything we did in New Mexico to you and Brad in Arizona. Um, I mean, all good hunts. We had great weather. We, we had some obstacles to overcome. It was real dry out there, which really moved the elk around. And and I honestly didn't believe we would have elk where we anticipated them to be to get Jimmy inside of that, that part of the ranch. Shoot, the first three or four or five days we were there, we were all thinking, hmm, that's going to be tough. Yeah. And then yeah. our light switch. Yeah, and they just started spreading out. They yep. just doing everything. And we did go a little bit early this year, and we've always said the magic time in that part of the world is about the 13th. And it's 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 been proven. I mean, we were there two weeks. Yeah, yeah. two weeks. Yeah, I mean that's what it's that people when they watch this episode. I said they're going to watch twenty two minutes. Yeah, there's however many hours there is in fourteen days. That's we was there a long time. Well, the quest the quest starts on on Wilbur's episode, which just aired, and then because Wilbur kills his bull his first morning out, got lucky. And then, then we start hunting with Jimmy. So, you know, Jimmy's there all, all two weeks with us, and um, it's, it's pretty it's pretty incredible to see some of the stuff that he saw. And hit, my personal favorite, not it's not him killing the bull, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's that spot and stalk that he did. Oh, I forgot about yeah. that. I did. I forgot to, about that. To have somebody at his age mm-hmm. to walk that far and get that close to that elk was was a, a sure sign of of st- stealth but i mean i've never seen an elk bed out there mm-hmm. we walked out there that morning just to look at some elk and just saw this one bull by itself and we never really could tell much about him because he was two and a half miles away and he went in this little draw and never came out and i said well heck he's got to be there so we made a loop and man we made that long walk and jimmy trekked and we got right up there 20 yards from him but when he stood up jimmy jimmy couldn't get a shot at him but he took off running, but you know Lake was with me on that stalk, and uh, no, that was me and Jordan. I mean, me I and Slade. Slade, yeah, and Slade, it yeah, was, yeah, it was Slade. Slade was, you know, Slade made that trip, and that made it even better having yeah. having Slade there. He, we had everybody there, yeah, yeah. and uh, so it was uh, it it was special because we don't get to hunt much with Slade anymore. We keep him in the office, you know. <laughs> well, but you, it, you it going was, back this year? Yeah, yeah, gonna uh, get to uh, hunt. They got some fantastic antelope on this ranch and um i've never never been able to hunt the antelope so going back hunt antelope be there while y'all are elk hunting mm-hmm. to be a part of it again so uh that's great i'm, I'm excited yeah it's, it's elk season will never not be a special time you know just no. that country and no. that time of year it's just it's just cool but yeah that was yeah that was so cool you know, being from here in the south we used to always look forward to dove season and i still do but i haven't dove hunted in forever but now we don't get to dove hunt because we're always gone during dove season. So elk season is, is has taken place of our dove season, hmm. in all sense of reality. For me, it has because it's 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 what gets us going. It's the beginning of it all. It's the kickoff. Yeah. But there's no like that's what's funny about it is there's no like uh, 
there's no like ease into hunting season period it's not like a slow climb it's just boom bugling elk well if you think about it <laughs> you and i just left that ranch may the 10th 11th yeah and we're going right back yeah we turkey hunted there so mm-hmm. and here we go and it seems like you just left when you get there because you really did yeah every time you get out there it feels like it's not like a reacclimation. it's a well we're back you yeah. know just difference between the only time it's ever felt different to me was the year they had the big fire and and the west side burned it mm-hmm. was it, you drove up there and it was like this is different it's mm. it's not looking the same yeah well the time i showed up there the first time i went there turkey and it was snow everywhere That's that right. was yeah. that was yeah. different for yeah. me didn't have that same look that new mexico it makes you think high country January. look yeah yeah <laughs> you know that ranch is a different place and uh the palome i'd never hunted i've been there you know i don't have many years hunting elk but i'd never hunted on the palome and that's a tough place to hunt yeah that old vol- old volcano mountain and uh it's tough it was tough it's worth it to get there but it's no easy it's no easy task to get there <laughs> yeah well just the the part of the experience is driving into it that's the roughest ride i've ever been on in my yeah. life that's why that's why slade and i got in that polaris range and let y'all take the truck good lord, and good lord. beat the snot out of you oh yeah you knocked the feelings out of your teeth <laughs> Oh, man. If you had to give somebody, Jimmy, at, at your age, even not your age, somebody going for the first time uh, that's always wanted to go, just just some advice, some quick advice. Well, uh, first thing I would have done different is as much as I would have hated it, uh, I would have got with uh, Will and uh, got him to tune my bow a little bit different, give me some tips, uh, watch my shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sort of thing, and uh, that w- that would be what I would suggest most people is get with somebody that has bow hunted elk and been successful uh, before, yeah. and somebody you consider more of a uh, experienced hunter. And for maybe elk. talk them through some scenarios of what could possibly yeah. happen. Right? Don't probably don't watch our elk videos <laughs> because it just looks too darn easy <laughs> the way we're we're doing it. Uh, uh, don't believe it. It's uh, it's well, you know, tough. It's true, and you write about that because the simple fact of the matter is, much footage that we have that hits the cutting room floor, which I'm not complaining because I would, as an editor, I would much rather have a pile of footage on the cutting room floor this big than to be sitting there going, "Boy, if I had ten more seconds, it would make it work." Yeah. But in all reality, the month that we spend elk hunting, we could do a 13 week series of shows. Oh yeah. Bar none, no doubt. Yeah. Um, with with six to seven bulls that we kill every year and counting the you know the close calls encounters and whatnot and to take all that footage and marry it down to five episodes sometimes six like we did this year um that, that's that's a lot on the cutting room floor and like jimmy said that it, it's not easy no it's not easy no it's not yeah it's it's not but it's it's part of the game you know is elusive as a whitetail buck is mm-hmm. it's hard to hunt with a bow as a whitetail an elk is probably five to ten times harder to do just different yeah being on the same plane with them being on the yeah. ground yeah. yeah yeah i mean not hunting from a tree stand you're right there you know face to face with them and uh usually close yeah so whew. it's different it's fun though it is absolutely incredible yeah. Well, y'all, y'all have anything else to add before we wrap this one up? I enjoyed it. My favorite thing is the smell of that time of the year in that part of the world. Yeah. There's nowhere else you can go to get that smell. 
I like, I'm not sure if everyone else will agree with me here, but I like when we get out there and you go through somewhere where you, you can tell far you're like elk has been and then the mm-hmm. wind hits you right and you get the first smell of a bull elk. That's what I'm talking about. I love that. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Musky urine smell. I like it. Can't beat it. Yeah. Even if <laughs> yeah, I, I smell that around you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Took a page out of the other book. <laughs> uh, well, we got it. What what do we got? About a month and a half or two months before we be out there. Yeah. Did we ever decide on what day we leaving this year? I don't think so. I, because Wilbur Wilbur drew an Arizona tag this year. So he's going to be you and he are leaving a little bit early again this year, yeah. like you did last year with with Brad. Right? Basic, yeah. My my elk schedule is basically the same as it was last year. It's just replacing Wilbur and replacing Wilbur instead of Brad, because yeah. we're going to get there and have. I, I think, I think we'll have six days in New Mexico before we have to leave. Oh yeah, oh, something like that, and uh, and then we'll go down to, to Arizona and hunt, which yeah. I'm looking forward to. Which we. We could do a whole episode when Brad's Arizona elk episode airs because that was so wildly different than anything. Right. Yeah, and I, when I knew it was very, very different was when Brad, who's been elk elk hunting way, way longer than me, said the same thing. He's like, this is so different, but in a good way. Yeah. Obviously, in a, in a good way. But, but yes. Um, so, yeah, when this episode, podcast episode airs, it will be next Monday, and you're television show about your elk hunt will be airing starting the next day so yep. tuesday afternoon mm-hmm. so it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be interesting to see the comments and i think everybody's gonna be they're gonna be cheering jimmy on um and and i can only imagine the amount of hunters me being one of them that's been in that situation like him um and you know there's a lot of people that that do go the thing about elk hunting is it's about like about like whitetail hunting big mature bucks sometimes you get one chance mm-hmm. and that's all you get and um luckily we we were in an in an area where we could give jimmy an opportunity hopefully at a multiple chances if he needed it and, and, and we did but it, it's man it you're trying to beat them at their own game i always tell i've always said this they live there 365 days a year we're just visiting mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to it's hard to beat them but that's the one time of the year that you can yeah when they're acting like that yeah yeah well i'm 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 very happy with how that episode turned out yeah troy you and Slade did a fantastic job on it um and i think it'll be perceived very well by everyone that watches yeah. it yeah it's well it's the truth it's the truth it's the truth so uh all right well guys we'll wrap this conversation up i hope y'all enjoyed it um if you have any questions or anything like that as always you can send them in to the facebook page the instagram page uh you can email them to the email primos hunting podcast at gmail.com and that's going to wrap us up thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast